You're watching the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. You're watching the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. What's up, people? This is Anthony with the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network coming to you with another another video. Um, this video is really a, a shout out to some people that have been asking me about marriage. Now, me and my wife have been married. Uh, we're about to celebrate 26 years. Uh, and in those 26 years, we've had our ups and downs. Um, we were nearly divorced. We were 48 hours from the divorce table. But God restored our marriage. And from that point forward, we've dedicated our marriage uh, to the Lord, uh, not just um, in the sense of staying married, but that God can use our marriage uh, for his glory and for his honor. And so uh, over the last uh, 17 or 18 years, uh, we've done uh, marriage uh, ministry uh, starting way back in uh, 2007. Uh, 16 years, sorry, uh, way back in 2007, we uh, started doing marriage ministry. We started Shore Foundation uh, in 2008. So we've been doing marriage ministry a little longer uh, than we've been doing pastoring. And so marriage is, is, is something that um, God has given us um, as a gift and we do our best to honor our marriage. Um, Marriage is, is not easy, uh, but marriage is about work. It's about uh, staying at it, um, knowing that over time, a lot of things are going to happen and change in life. And so um, your marriage has to be maintenance. <laughs> You've got to work on it. You can't just uh, hope that your marriage works out. And so I'm going to give you my top eight things um, that I believe make for a long, successful, and fruitful marriage. My top eight things. Uh, and the first thing is love, but not the worldly kind of love, not phileo kind of love. I'm talking about agape love, the love of God. And that is fundamental for any relationship let alone a marriage. If you don't know how to love, then you're definitely not going to do marriage well because as a Christian, we are called to love. Um, Jesus said in John chapter uh, 13, and I believe verse 35, he said um, to love one another um, as I have loved you, <laughs> you also do. And that men will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. And that is the word agape and agapeo, which agapeo is the action of loving, doing what God prefers, embracing God's will, um, doing uh, what he desires with him through his power. And love has to be done through the power of God. And so as a Christian, love is fundamental to every relationship. 
if you don't learn how to love, forget about marriage, forget about friendships, forget about any of that, because love is fundamental. It is fundamental. And love is about treating people uh, the way God prefers, according to his will, according to his desire. Uh, and so First uh, Corinthians 13, four through seven says that love suffers long and is kind. This part right here really tells us that love holds back its anger and only is angry as the Lord directs and remains available to serve. That's what this really means. Uh, love doesn't envy. Uh, love does not parade itself around, doesn't, you know, uh, in, go after attention, attention seeking and all that kind of stuff. Love is not puffed up, which is arrogant, self-centered, um, does not behave rudely. <laughs> wow. Uh, so a lot of people say, well, man, I don't know how to love because rudeness is kind of something that I, I just know how to do. But love doesn't behave rudely. Love uh, does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not easily provoked. Um, you know you're not operating in love if you're easily provoked, and I don't care what relationship it is. It's not just for marriage. This is all relationships. Love is fundamental. Uh, love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Uh, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love, um, love never fails. And love never fails. We fail. <laughs> That's why we want to operate in love. We want to seek the Lord's strength so that we can love like he wants us to do because we're going to fail. We can't cover everything. You know, we're not going to uh, think the, 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 the best about people all the time. We're, we're not going to always uh, uh, see hope in every situation, but love does. And this is why uh, love is fundamental for a Christian. And love is about connecting with God first and then loving other people. Uh, a lot of times we don't even have our love walk down with God, not even the fundamentals. I'm not talking about a perfect love because if there, we don't have a perfect love. We are, we are operating in love because love comes from the spirit of God. And so we've got to submit to love in order uh, to love God's way. And so the love of God, that's number one. But number two, I think after you've you know, uh, develop the love of God and you understand the love of God and you're willing to work on loving from that place of agape is this radical commitment uh, to one another. Uh, Genesis 2, 24, therefore man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be united and cleave to his wife. The two shall become one flesh, is the Amplified Classic, united and cleave. That means you come together and you grab a hold of each other and you're not going to let each other go. One of the things that me and my wife would say a lot of times when people would ask us, well, how do you make your marriage work? A commitment to not go anywhere. No matter what happens, we're making a commitment to stay in this thing because love bears all things. And see, if you make that commitment, then love's going to kick in because you've got to learn how to love in order to maintain that commitment. If you're not operating in love, then that radical commitment is not going to hold. It's not gonna, it's not gonna, uh, it's not gonna keep. As a matter of fact, I think it's Colossians chapter three uh, and verse 14 that says that uh, love is the bond 
that holds things together, the perfect bond that we are to love because that is the bond of perfection. That's how we are held together is love, whether it's friendships, whether it's uh, church family, whether it's your 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 uh, blood family, whether whatever it is, love, when it is done from that place of God, can hold us together, uh, can hold us together. And, and so I think number one is agape, that's love. But number two is that radical commitment that I'm not going nowhere. I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm down like four flats, right? I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Number three is a sacredness of your marriage. Hebrews uh, 13, four says marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers will be judged. Marriage is honorable uh, among all and the bed undefiled. That the, the idea that this marriage is sacred, that it needs to be treated with a great honor and great respect uh, because it's something that God has instituted for our good. Uh, it is something uh, that reflects the relationship between Christ and his church. Uh, that's the way that Paul says it in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses uh, 30, uh, 30 through 32. It, it's a mystery of Christ and his church. And so when we love our spouses, uh, we're, we're loving ourselves, and we're showing how God, through Christ, loved the body and gave himself for the body. And so uh, this sacredness, uh, marriage has to be seen as sacred. You know, a lot of times we, you know, we have, you know, the boyfriend and girlfriend and, and sometimes that's the highest level of commitment that people are willing to make uh, because they say, well, what's the big idea with marriage? Well, marriage for a Christian is stepping into a sacred space, a space where we want to honor God with the way we treat each other. We want to honor God with the way we raise our children. We wanna honor God with the way we present um, our marriage. And, 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 and in that sacred space, it brings me to number four, which is faithfulness. Of course, if it's sacred, then you're gonna be faithful, right? And you're gonna be faithful um, in the way you act towards each other. You're even gonna be faithful in your thoughts and in your heart. First off, faithfulness, Proverbs 20 and verse six, most men proclaim, uh, proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Most people say how good they are, but how many, how many, how many can we find that's a faithful man, a man that'll hang in there, a man that will stay true, a man that is trustworthy, a man that you can count on, a man that you can tell the time of day by what that man is doing because they're faithful in everything that they do. And, and I know this is, uh, this is a tough thing. You know, it's a tough thing, but it's something that we should be aspiring to, because if you're going to have a successful marriage, it's going to take faithfulness and faithfulness, not just in your actions, but faithfulness on the inside, on the inside. You know what the Bible says, uh, that if you, um, Matthew chapter five and verse, uh, 28, he said, even if you look on a woman with lust, uh, in your heart, you've already committed adultery. And so you got to be faithful even in the inward part. Oh man, sometimes that's tough. Sometimes you think it's okay to wander on the inside, but you got to remain faithful even there because that faithfulness there will reinforce your faithfulness in the way that you treat your wife. 
Um, you got to be faithful even when she makes you mad. Oh man, I'm preaching now. When she's when she upsets you, that shouldn't change the way that you continue to serve. She makes you mad, her tires flat. You on the way because you're faithful. She makes you mad. Uh 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 she needs you to to grab the groceries as she's coming in. You mad at her. You get up and you grab those groceries because you're a faithful man. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, faithfulness extends beyond how you feel because faithfulness is, is how you operate uh, in a marriage. And I'm telling you, it's going to make it successful. Man, she done upset you and you got to pick up the kids. You get in that car, you go pick them up and you bring them home. You know, <laughs> you still say, I love you. You still give her a hug and a kiss because you're a faithful man. Oh, man faithfulness and, and and vice versa on the other side of that too ladies it's you too just because he made you mad don't mean oh, oh, oh now I, I you know i i pull back on my commitments I, I don't i don't keep my word anymore because oh you upset me so uh you know what i would normally do i don't do that's see that's unfaithfulness we think we think unfaithfulness is just stepping out of the marriage no unfaithfulness is not staying committed to the things that you committed to you got to be faithful to the things that you committed to. Oh, man. And so uh, staying faithful no matter what. Number five, forgiveness. Oh, woo! you can't have a successful marriage without forgiveness. Uh, Colossians chapter three, verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And in a marriage, you're going to have some complaints. Come on, where are my folks at? Sound off in the comments. If you ever had a complaint, if you ever had an issue, if you ever had a problem, you know, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about with the faithfulness, because when you have those issues, when you have those problems, do you remain faithful? And do you forgive? Because if you forgive, it's easier to remain faithful. But if you hold a grudge, then you'll become unfaithful in your marriage because you won't stay committed to the things that you're committed to because your emotions change uh, uh, if you're going to do them or not, if you're going to be committed to those things or not. Ah, So you got to forgive. You got to forgive. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Amen. Number six, friendship. Ah, friendship. So we got faithfulness. We got forgiveness and we got friendship. If, if you don't take nothing else out of here, take those three. <laughs> take those three, faithfulness, forgiveness, and friendship. Proverbs 18, 24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You can surround yourself with a whole bunch of people, but if you don't have that friend, that sticks closer than a brother, uh, a husband, a wife. They're supposed to stick closer than a brother. They're supposed to be closer than your family. When everybody else backs out, they're there. When everybody else gives up on you, oh man, they're right there. When everybody else can't see your worth, your value, your you know who you are, they're there because they're your friend through thick and thin. They, they, they see your ups, they see your downs, they see you when you're on top of the world and they see you when the world's on top of you and they're right there with you because they're a friend that sticks closer than a bro brother. They're closer than blood because two the two have become one, one flesh. And that's that radical commitment that I'm here, you know, uh, uh, 
you got you got to have that friendship. Uh, you got to be able to laugh together. You got to be able to watch shows together. You got to have things in common where you guys can just hang out because uh, as life goes on, the friends that you have, they're going to get, they're going to get their spouses and they're going to get their jobs and their promotions and their life's going to get busy. Some of your friends are going to move away and, and everybody's looking for friendship outside of their marriage. But in order for your marriage to work, you got to have friendship inside the marriage. You got to be able to hang out with each other. You got to be okay with just being around each other. You got to be okay with just sitting on the, on the couch and not needing to have to say anything. Just, just being there with each other because that's your friend that that's the one that sticks closer than a brother oh man that's good stuff so friendship emotional safety ah you weren't expecting that one emotional safety is number seven proverbs thirty-one, eleven. the heart of her husband trust in her and he will have no lack of any gain and she does him good and no harm she does him good and no harm. So his heart can trust in her and vice versa. Her heart can trust in him. Emotional safety. And that starts with all the other things, right? <laughs> it starts with love. It starts with the commitment. You know, if you don't have that love, that commitment, if you don't have that 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 faithfulness, if you don't have that forgiveness, that friendship, if you don't have these things, then the emotional safety is not going to be there. If they don't, if, if they don't know that, that that you view this marriage as sacred, you, you're going to feel unsafe. You're going to feel like, I can't really give all myself into this marriage. But when you have all these other things, that's why I placed it here, because all those other things lead into this emotional safety that you feel safe. You know, you feel like, man, if, if I do have to tell her something hard, she'd be like, all right, you know, Here's where the bodies are buried, <laughs> you know, or, you know, I've been through this or I've been through that, you know, or if there's things you don't want to talk about, you know, you feel safe to say, you know, I'm struggling with that. I don't want to talk about that. And they're not going to beat you up or make you feel some kind of way, but you're safe so that in your timing, you can talk to them in your timing, you can share and, and they don't hold it against you. They don't become unfaithful towards you because you 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 didn't talk about this certain thing that they wanted you to talk about. You know, now they don't cook. Now, now, now your wife don't want to cook, you no know, dinner. <laughs> You're like, well, because you didn't want to talk to me about that thing that I wanted to talk about. See, that's not safety. That's not that's not allowing his heart to trust in you and vice versa. You know, men in the same way, you know, if if she, you know, says something that you don't like, now you you punish her for that. So she can't be emotionally safe. She can't have the freedom to express herself. And so that goes both ways, even though we're using Proverbs uh, 31, 11, that the, the heart of her husband trusting in, in, man, it's got to be both ways. You know, when I really think about that, that's got to be both ways uh, that we both have to trust in one another. Number eight, number eight, um, physical affection attraction and attention. So I put all those together in number eight, physical affection, attraction, and attention. And you say, why did you put that at eight? Why did you put that at eight? Well, because all those other things allow for this to really be. And, and it may have been the physical attraction, right? That drew you, right? But at the end of the day, that is icing on the cake 
that is, you know, the, the dessert, <laughs> so to speak. That's the cherry on top that you have all these things. You, you, you're, you know how to love. You're committed. You believe that this marriage is sacred. You know, you're, you're faithful. You're forgiving. You're friends. You're, you have emotional safety. And then you have physical affection, attraction, and attention. Ah, oh, man, that almost like completes it, right? That almost completes it to have that along with those other things because they all kind of pour into each other. And, and you may take these and rearrange their order of priority to you, but you need all these. And so physical affection, attraction, and attention or Proverbs 5, uh, 18 through 19. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Um, a loving deer and a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight and be intoxicated always in her love. This isn't the Bible, y'all. I ain't reading out of like some other book. I'm reading out of the Bible, y'all. He's like, look, <laughs> like a loving deer, graceful doe, let her breasts satisfy you or fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated or enraptured always in her love. God wants you to have that in your relationship, that he wants that attraction, that affection, and that attention in your relationship. Man, that's good stuff. How many did I say that I was going to give y'all? Because I got a whole sheet full of stuff. I can keep going. <laughs> I don't even remember how many I said I was going to give y'all because I'm, I'm giving away trade secrets here. I'm giving away trade secrets here. Uh, that was number eight. Eh, let me go ahead. I'll give you 10, right? Uh, number nine, a growing understanding of your spouse. One of the things that you're going to have to do over the years is going to keep growing in your understanding of your spouse. First Peter chapter three, uh, in verse seven, likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you in the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Husbands, wives, it's th th this, this verse is directed towards husbands, but I believe it is applicable to both that you want to have a growing understanding of your spouse. As you, the longer you're together, the better you're supposed to understand each other. The longer you're together, the, the more you're supposed to know about each other. And this knowledge allows you to uh, give them better affection, you know, to be deeper friends, to know how to protect them emotionally. Uh, to, 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 to be able to forgive quicker. I mean, all these things connect together. That growing understanding of your spouse is important. That over time, you, you just want to get to know them better and better and better. And when certain things happen that tripped you up in the beginning, they don't trip you up later on. When you've been together, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, there's stuff that you realize, like, oh, that's just, you know, that's not a big deal. In the beginning, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And oh, but now you understand. <laughs> now you have a better understanding of your spouse. And so you you flow better together. And so that's number nine. Number 10. A commitment to godly conduct. 
a commitment to actual godly conduct, but that we're going to conduct ourselves as godly men and women in this marriage because our commitment is to God. First Peter chapter three, uh, verses one and two, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husband so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct, right? And so I think this is both because if you flip that over and you got a wife that doesn't obey the word, husbands, this, this still fits you. I know it's directed towards the wives, but whoever it is, your godly conduct. And if you got two people that are obeying the word and you're still conducting yourself in a godly way, that just enhances and, and, and takes that marriage to a deeper and more intimate level. And it is a great reflection of Christ in the church. All right, man. All right. So let's run through them real quick. So number one, the love of God, love, agape, right? Number two, a radical commitment. Leave and cleave, unite together and stick it out. Sacredness, that the marriage bed is honorable, that, that, that it's undefiled. Faithfulness, who can find a faithful man, a faithful woman? Forgiveness, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. Uh, even if there's a complaint, forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Friendship, there's got to be that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Emotional safety. Our hearts have to feel safe and secure with one another. We need to be able to trust each other with our intimate details. Affection, attraction, and attention. Physical affection, attraction, and attention. You know, you, you got to be feeling each other like that. You got to want to be together like that. You got you you you, you want to want each other. You know, for as long as that is, you know, even when you're old and you can't do nothing, you just want to rub and hug on each other. You just want to be around each other. Come on. Amen. A growing understanding of your spouse, continuing to get to know each other, even after 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, you're still getting to know each other. You think, oh, I know her. No, there's still more. It's the lifetime to unpack this person, a lifetime to get to know them deeper and deeper and deeper. And then finally, a commitment to godly conduct that we're going to treat each other um, as, as as Christians. We're going to operate as Christians in our marriage. Uh, that Our conduct is going to be that which is becoming uh, of a Christian that is worthy of the vocation that we've been called, worthy to be called a Christian. Amen. I pray that this blesses you. Please give me your comments and your feedbacks. I just wanted to jump on here and, and, and put this out there uh, because I feel like people have been asking me about it. And so these are my 10 things that uh, will make your marriage successful. God bless. If you enjoyed this video, like, subscribe, and share this content with others. Thanks for watching. God bless. If you enjoyed this video, like, subscribe, and share this content with others. Thanks for watching. God bless.